Good morning. Um, I'm Sheldon Thompson from here at the UCS Center for Distributed Learning, and I would like to welcome you to the best of both worlds effective design strategies for blended learning courses. Part of UCF's faculty seminars and online teaching. Our intention in each of these 30-minute web seminars is to provide a brief treatment of a topic relevant to online teaching while connecting participants to an array of follow-up resources. And today's seminar will be successful in our view. If you walk away with at least one thing that you can put into action in your online teaching, uh, I'd like to acknowledge that we have almost our full complement of 25 folks um, in our face-to-face -face venue, and then uh, online we have a number of participants as well connecting via Adobe Connect, and our online participants are in good hands with Beth Nevels as online moderator and Ed Loico ensuring technical quality. Those of you who are here physically have found some handouts at your seat. And those online have electronic versions of those. And so you should have uh, a short link to the archive page with all the um, support materials and that's where all the recordings uh, will be. And um, uh, you'll also find the virtual handouts there. And after the, and mentioned after the session, the archive recording for later review. We have uh, audio only, and we have the Adobe Connect recording will be there. In the feedback form for today's session, which is also at your seat, feel free to share any unanswered questions you have or any relevant ideas or resources that you think would benefit others, and we'll compile those and send those out to everybody. As you might have heard, we at UCF are in the midst of migrating to a new learning management system. Heard about, heard about this? Yes. New learning uh, in structured Canvas. Now, today's session is not about Canvas, but uh, in both venues, we've provided some Canvas-related resources just for coming in today that we think you might uh, find helpful. There's a little cheat sheet, and there's a training schedule uh, for Canvas training sessions. Uh, that being said, uh, at any point, if you need anything, just raise your hand. I'll come over and give you, give you some assistance. Please join me in welcoming today's speakers, Amy. Oils and Kathy Thank you very much. Thank you everyone for coming. I know this semester is crazy. We really appreciate you coming in. So to get started, uh, the first thing we need to talk about is first get clear on what do we mean when we say blended learning. I'm sure you've heard these terms, hybrid, blended, mixed, reducing time. What does all this mean? We need to be clear on what we mean when we say blended learning. So this graphic will explain. All it really means is it's not fully online, it is not fully face-to-face, -face. it's some nebulous combination in this continuum of learning experiences. Now some of you may have, those that teach blended courses, you may be somewhere around here where you only meet face-to-face -face a couple times a semester, two or three times. Others of you might have classes that are more like this, where you meet uh, frequently face-to-face -face and a little online. Some of you might be right in the middle where you have 50% face-to-face, 50% online. All, they're all different. And that's what makes design blended courses a little bit tougher than other kinds of environments. Um, and so one tip that I have read off the bat here, do you fall here? Your students are taking multiple blended courses sometimes. And they might think, well, I've taken one. The other one's going to be just like it now. Say right up front, this is what this 
online course looks like. We will meet this many times face to face. We'll have this much online. Be very clear in the beginning uh, how many times you're going to meet because they're all a bit different. Uh, another way to look at this is I like to give the example of colors. So to talk about the integration of a blended course, let's say fully online is, is blue, fully face to face is yellow. In the middle, when you mix them together, it's green. It's this different experience altogether. It's not just blue and yellow next to each other. That would be kind of having one course with two separate components. What you want to do is have this green course, mix the face-to-face -face and online environments, integrate those two to have a unique, different experience. So that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. How do I get more green course? Okay. Quick facts about blended learning at UCF been going on for 10 years. UCF really is a trailblazer in this respect. The courses are getting more and more popular. I know myself, I am talking more and more with faculty that are designing mixed mode courses. And this blended mixed mode will say are the same uh, phrase right now. They have the highest excellent student evaluations, the lowest dropout rates of face-to-face -face and online, and also the learning outcomes are comparable or better than face-to-face -face or online courses. So there's good Things to be said for the effectiveness of having a mixed mode blended course. Um, from the viewpoints, the student viewpoint, a lot of the research I've read that students really favor the face-to-face -face interaction with the instructor. They prefer that over a completely online course. They like that face-to-face. -face. They also have more responsibility for learning than a face-to-face -face course. Uh, of course, there are issues just like an online class or a face-to-face -face class. Really, time management is an issue. Personal organization, uh, those remain there. And issues sometimes with collaboration, because now you're asking students to collaborate in a face-to-face -face environment, in an online environment, sometimes that's a little bit muddled. And so another tip, again, is being really clear on how to support your students collaborating in both. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Then we have the teacher's viewpoint. And the top thing uh, I've heard from teachers is, they get to infuse new opportunities to engage uh, their students. But now they have face-to-face, -face, they have online as well. They have all of these tools. That's great. Sometimes, though, it can be a little bit overwhelming. Now I have two environments. I have There's too many tools. What do I pull out? When do I do it? Um, and so that's kind of why we're here today. And sometimes uh, teachers have this question, how do I avoid the class and a half phenomenon, meaning Let's say you're an online teacher and now you need to design your online course to be a mixed mode. And what you do is you keep your online course the way it is and now you're throwing in face-to-face -face stuff too. Suddenly it's a course and a half. We don't want that. We want one course, one cohesive course. How do we do that? Okay, next. So now we have a little participation. The online, uh, online participants should see this question in their pod. Vote now. Face-to-face, -face, we use this show of hands. Here's a question about approaching the design of a course that you're teaching in a mixed mode format for the very first time. So how would you first start conceptualizing this course? So we'll just do a show of hands as I go through the answers. So A, would you kind of approach it and design it as an online course enhanced with some face-to-face -face elements? Okay. We got one. Uh, B, you would approach it as it's a face-to-face -face course, and now we need to throw some online stuff. 
one, two, three, four, about four or five. See Twelve. something else entirely. Oh, thank you. <laughs> something else entirely. You don't approach it first as an online or face-to-face. -face. It's just this unique blend of two. Okay. No. Yeah. Oh, we have one. We have one. Okay. Or D, it depends on the particular course you're talking about. Okay. We have ten. Okay. Say about seven. Right. So that, that was the top. And oftentimes <coughs> that is, uh, it does depend on the particular course you're talking about. Have you taught it before? What format did you teach it in? What are the objectives? Oftentimes it depends on the particular course. So moving on. Uh, this is a conceptual model. It's called the Blending with Purpose model. It was designed in 2009. And the citation is in the, uh, on the website. So I'm happy to talk about this more. Uh, basically, the idea is it's designed to support teachers that are designing and developing blended courses. And the main idea is developing a wide range of instruction to capture a wide range of learners. You have so many tools and approaches. The idea is that if you pull from enough, to, uh, enough technologies and enough approaches, you're going to eventually catch as many learners as possible. It's similar to the universal design for learning model, which I'm happy to talk about later. We don't have enough time right now. Um, so basically, they mentioned different uh, pedagogical approaches to supporting students. And then they, they mentioned different technologies and environments that can support those things. So for instance, questioning, probing your students what they know is one approach. And they talk, they mentioned the discussion board being a particular tool that can support that. Calvin mentioned us moving to this new system called Canvas. There's a lot of opportunities for uh, collaboration, teachers being able to leave video feedback, audio feedback to their students, being able to talk webcams and voice at the same time. So there's also opportunities to maintain more of that social interaction when you're online. So if you only meet every two weeks, for instance, there are some ways where you can kind of keep that face-to-face -face interaction going. So we have to move on. Um, I'm happy to talk more about that now if you'd like. Who's heard of the blended learning toolkits? This is perfect then. <laughs> Write this down now. Um, it's also on the website. The blended learning toolkit is a, uh, a UCF uh, resource, but it's open. Anyone can go do it. And it's all about blended learning. So best practices, models, steps to take you through the actual development of a course are here. So next. what? Well, one research project we did was we, actually it's ongoing, we continue to interview teachers that have been identified as successful blended teachers. And what we're aiming to do is listen deeply to these interviews and try to um, come up with some commonalities among these teachers. Research really is kind of all over the place. There's no common um, commonalities, so that's what we're aiming to do. So we interviewed many teachers, and I'll explain what we have so far as to how they design courses. So one of the big themes is that in the online portion of their course, the main thing they talk about is student-to-content interaction. So students have uh, do these things on their own time. They are self-discovering. Not to say that students aren't interacting with other students online. They definitely are. But these teachers identify the online format as prime for presenting content as opposed to face-to-face, -to -face, 
the, the, uh, the main thing that they talk about is interaction with each other, student-to-student -student interaction, student-to-teacher interaction, and all these kinds of action verbs came up in these interviews. So uh, peer reviewing, sharing, modeling, collaborating, also being able to practice difficult skills that that face-to-face -face communication can afford, um, and also building on the online content, so clarifying the online content by having discussions, for instance, also applying the online content in the form of something active, like a project, a presentation, something like that. So um, let's move on to the next one. The absolute key that came across every interview was the importance of documenting the time documenting the online and face-to-face -face time. So uh, as something as simple as every week or every unit, drawing a big Venn diagram, I've done this myself, a huge piece of paper, because that's not enough for me, I need a huge one. Um, having the online component and the face-to-face -face component, and writing down either what you already are doing or what you think you would like to do, and then really examining it. So one of the advantages that teachers are saying is that it helps you see if you have a balanced package. So for instance, one teacher had a whole lot here and you know, one thing here, and she realized, OK, I'm, I'm trying to do way too much online. Somehow I have to move some things over. It also helps you see if the activity you're doing in that particular environment is optimal. So if you're doing almost completely lecture here, is that really the best use of that limited face-to-face -face time? You might say yes. There might be some content that you just, it's way too complex and abstract and you just think it's better face-to-face, -face, that's, that's fine. But at least doing this lets you kind of examine that. But really the prime reason to do this is to look at this overlap. So again, back to the color analogy, this would be the green area. And the arrows, you can see, are moving back and forth. And that's the key of the integrating face-to-face -face and online elements is being able to see a projection that moves back and forth. It's not two separate, um, two separate circles. But that helps you see if these things are connected. So moving on, I, Kathy now is going to talk about the actual design and development of her course. Okay, thank you, Amy. Um, I was actually one of the faculty members that was interviewed for this um, research that was being done. And, I guess that's when Amy decided to uh, twist my arm and get me to come in and tell you about my course. I teach in the College of Business Administration. My students are primarily management students. And in my training and development course, I typically have somewhere between 40 and 45 students every semester. I teach it three times a year, so that's a lot. Uh, the majority of my students are seniors. The course objectives is to really to all three of the learning tracks within the management major. First learning track is human resource management. So it's a required course for them. They have to understand and learn about human resource management issues, including training and development. A very small percentage of my students actually see training and development as their career. Then I also have general management students who are just looking to be educated to become managers. And then I also have students in our entrepreneurship learning track who are going to have to train their own employees when they start their own businesses. So those are the course objectives that I really want to focus in on, understanding that all my students have different motives for being in the class. 
a few years after I had converted my course to an M course, a blended learning course, I added a service learning component. And that has really made a huge difference in the students seeing the course as being one that's really practical for them mm -hmm. and career-oriented. But I didn't add it right away. So why did I choose blended learning or STEM course? I chose it because the bulk of corporate training today is online. So I would really feel remiss if I didn't expose my students to an online learning environment. Um, so I would be okay. I just didn't think I wanted to do completely face-to-face. -face. So my mixed mode application is half of the time every week for an hour and a half. They're in the classroom with me face-to-face. And the other hour and a half every week, they're, they're working online. So the mixed mode really allowed me to do a lot of things because I was able to achieve that really nice blend between the two environments that I would not have been able to do if it was strictly online or if it was strictly face-to-face. -face. So the team project that I've been able to really focus in on is for teams of students, usually five, maybe six students in a team, to create an a instructor manual or trainer's guide for a nonprofit organization. So it might be Boys Town or Devereaux or some other wonderful nonprofit organization. And the students then have to learn instructional design to create this training manual. And then they have to deliver a 30-minute long workshop in the classroom using that training manual. So there are a lot of things that they could learn face-to-face, -face, a lot of things they could learn online. But ultimately, my goal was to increase the time that I spent in the classroom with the students, coaching and mentoring them in order to do a really good job on this project. So I did teach uh, training on the face-to-face before I made it in a blended course. And by teaching it face-to-face, it enabled me to figure out which chapters the students really needed that face-to-face interaction with me, and which of the chapters were less important in terms of their, <coughs> their project. So those chapters I turned into learning modules in web courses. The chapters that I really needed to cover face-to-face -face with the students, those I did in the classroom. So for example, um, helping the students learn how to write effective learning objectives could not do that online because there's a lot of trial and error in that process. So I decided right away, that's a course I have to do, or a chapter I have to do face-to-face. -face. Other chapters like computer-based training, that was easily done online. So teaching face-to-face -face gave, gave me that kind of opportunity to figure out which chapters had to be face-to-face -face and which ones I could turn into learning modules. So, now I've offloaded all of these chapters into web courses, and that then has given me a lot more time for coaching the students on improving their performance on this instructor manual and the presentation skills for actually delivering the workshop. And I tell you what, that has been a real blessing for me. You know, if I had to do that online, it just would not have been enjoyable for me or for the students, I think. 
So once I've identified which chapters I could put into what courses as learning modules, then I actually wrote those learning modules and moved them into the web courses environment. Then I looked for ways to integrate those chapters into what I was doing in the face-to-face -face component as well as online. So Amy's kind of already talked about that. So um, go ahead. And here's my Venn diagram. <laughs> so um, I'm not going to go through every aspect of it with you, but I think you can see there's a lot of arrows here. And I, I really worked hard to make sure that I've had fully integrated the course from both environments, the face-to-face -face as well as the online. Go ahead, Amy. So here's my parting words of advice. Anytime I have a guest speaker in a class, I always ask them to share their parting words of advice with their students. So here's my advice. If at all possible, teach your course face-to-face -face first. That helps you to identify what the students can understand quickly and what they have a real struggle with. That really helped me decide what to keep in the classroom and what to do online. Next, choose a textbook that you're going to keep for a long time. <laughs> because my learning modules, again, cover specific chapters. So if I'm going to be switching textbooks all the time, that would just be a nightmare. <laughs> so choose a textbook that you're going to keep for a while. And then another piece of advice, don't try to convert everything into your mixed mode into your online component right away. What I did was when I finished preparing a <coughs> module for a particular chapter to put into web courses, I put it there and then offered my students extra credit for completing it and giving me feedback on it. That way they didn't feel as I was taking advantage of them by plunging them into this online environment um, that was unknown for them either. And then I also suggest that you postpone any added aspects to your course, like service learning. Like I said, I think I taught courses in M course for about two years before I added the service learning component. I don't regret it at all. <laughs> I recommend service learning for anyone. But take your time. You know, walk before you crawl, or crawl before you walk, and then walk before you run. And then finally, my last piece of advice is lean heavily on your instructional designer. Sue Bauer was my first one. I graduated from Sue now. I'm working with Bayan Chen now. And I can always go back to them for help if I need it. So I really enjoy teaching the blended learning course, and I think my students do too. So if you have any questions, Amy and I will be very happy to answer questions. That struck me. You're teaching an undergraduate course. Correct. Do you think it's different for a graduate course? Or does it depend on the course? Which kind of proof you're watching for our yes. own uh, The question is, is it, would it be any different teaching an uh, undergraduate course than teaching a graduate level course? And would it again depend upon the course itself? And I think the answer to your own question, I truly think it depends on the course. I'm from education and I'm thinking about our teachers coming at night, so taking your blended approach and splitting the time, I've tried to have them there for like three and a half hours and then not there the next week. And it is a little more complex than your system, I think. I'd love to have them every week because they're great students, but uh -huh. I'm trying to figure out the, the way to balance in their lives as well. So to repeat the question, 
it's, if it's a night course where your students have to come to class, they're tired after working all day long, would it make more sense for it to be a blended course? My course is taught both during the day, during the late afternoon, and at night uh, every year. So, frankly, I don't think it makes any difference. I think all students enjoy having the limited seat time in a course and then the flexibility of completing the online components as their schedules permit. I have noticed that with graduate courses, they seem to be less, um, I hate to say headache, but it seems that graduate students seem to take to the blend environment a bit more easily than undergrads. I don't know if it's because they usually have smaller classes or what, or they're, sometimes they're older and they can, um, get that the personal organization and the time management might be a bit better. So it really depends on um, the students. Any other questions? Yeah, I do. I teach every other week. Um, and I notice a lot of students tend to rely on face-to-face. -face. They won't email me. They'll wait and be like, so I wanted to ask you this last week. <laughs> and but they'll wait. And it kind of makes it hard to maintain communication. Right. And I just wondered if you two had experience anything that helped you encourage students to maintain that contact and not save everything up. The question is, for instance, in a class where you meet every two weeks, how do you maintain communication during that full week of online content? One of the things that I've noticed is, um, first of all, as I said in the beginning, really laying down those expectations that this is how this mixed mode course works. There are going to be weeks where we don't communicate face-to-face, -face, but it's expected we will do this online, and then providing uh, those options to do that. For instance, having a specific week in the discussion board, like this is where we can talk about you know, this particular week. Questions for this week go here, not next week, here. Uh, also posting announcements during that week, and as we start to learn the new system a little bit more, um, putting out more um, audio or video in announcements or in discussion also tends to keep um, uh, keep a better handle of people talking. It tends to encourage people to talk a little bit more. So kind of putting yourself out there in, in a few different ways and letting students communicate the way that they would. <coughs> but sometimes in that online week, just building in a component. Now, you know, it's expected to communicate. What questions do you have? Put them here. So. Other questions? Yes. You said you have an hour and a half face to face and an hour and a half online. Do you not have other assignments that take more time? I mean, that's just three hours. I have three hours plus homework. Uh, yes, there are there are homework assignments. Obviously, um, the completing the, the instructor manual as a team event requires outside of the three-hour time component for the team to work together on that. They have to they conduct a needs assessment and go interview their client and get more information about why the client has asked for that particular training topic. Is your assumption that they'll read the chapter inside that hour and a half online though? Good, good question. Um, my assumption is they would not read it if I didn't build in some sort of assignment or graded discussion. Well, I'm just thinking about 
time, you know, like mm -hmm. I want them to read over here, spend several hours, then I want them to spend an hour and a half online, then I want them to spend an hour and a half in the classroom. Yes. So are they are they doing homework yes. that extends beyond the hour and a half? Yes. Okay. It's yeah. not very different from a face to face course eating three hours. You wouldn't expect a student to read text during that that face to face three hours. You expect them to read it. No, I don't, but when you right. put it online, they <laughs> <maybe. Yeah. laughs> Well, let me um, explain a little bit more about how I compose my learning module. My learning module is not me just repeating what's in the chapter. Mm -hmm. My learning module is what I would say out loud if I were lecturing on that chapter in my classroom. So my Students can even, will even come back to me after the semester is over, some point during the semester, and say, Ms. Holland, I really enjoyed reading the learning module because I could hear your voice as I was reading it. Because that's how I write the learning module, is how I talk in the classroom. I'm talking to you right now. So they still have to read the chapter. I think being very clear, I think one of the things that that we may assume when a students take a, a mixed mode course is that they just get it and sometimes they, they don't get it and in, in your syllabus or something in that textbook area just making clear that this is a this is a class it's not a little bit of online stuff in addition to this is one class and in a typical class you would read the book on your own time and that's how you know, this will follow yes I wonder if you've done any research or know of some research on skills, uh, like thinking skills and other things that are aided by this mode, um, things that you could track a student through the course. Uh, I can see that it would help with the information that you're trying to get them, and I understand the skill coming from a team project, but is there something special that the blended mode adds to certain kinds of thinking or other skills? I think I'm going to pass that question off. Amy, okay. she's done much more research. I, I've done the most research on just plain old critical thinking in blended courses, and really the best way that I've seen so far to leverage it is to have a very structured kind of discussion. Um, there's actually a, a strategy called protocols, which I've had some hand out. I'd like to talk to anyone who wants to talk about it. But having a very structured way of, of having an online discussion, either Socratic questioning or what, Having that strategy and then bringing that into the face-to-face -face classroom and expanding on it more, and then going back to it. So, um, really, it's the key of that is being able to expand on it face-to-face. -face. In a fully online class, you can have these kinds of discussions with specific strategies to structure uh, certain kinds of thinking. But really, the beauty of the blended learning <coughs> aspect is that you get to go to the class next and reflect on what just happened, what's unclear like that. So, so the free-floating part of that training comes more in the face-to-face -face than it does online? Yes, because it is easier, I think, to design the face-to-face -face aspect and be a little more flexible with that than the online discussion. If you have an online discussion and assignment, it's kind of set and you have to just play it out. But whatever comes from that is what you can bring into the face-to-face -face discussion. And you never know what's going to come of it. It depends on your particular class. So I find that, that um, that's been a good way to kind of set the scene and then expand on it. I think that we'll, we'll let that be the, the last word in our, our session 30 minutes time. Uh, please join me in thanking Kathy and Amy again. And before we go, please do complete the session feedback form.
will help us continue to improve each of the seminars. And again, if you have any unanswered questions at this point, there's a place for you to jot those down in the feedback form as well, whether you're in space or online. And uh, also let me direct your attention again to the session webpage containing the many resources from today's seminar. Uh, and slides are already up there. The recordings will be there soon. And uh, get our act together. You'll get a follow-up email with a link to it as well. You've got the, uh, got the, uh, the URL already. Do look for future seminars in the coming semesters. And if you have any ideas for topics you would like us to address, please include those in the feedback form as well. Um, we'd like to thank you for participating. I hope you have a great day. But I want to add one other thing, though. I announced via email earlier. I know that you may not be able to, but any of you without a pressing need to leave right now are invited to stay for an extra casual 15-minute discussion with our presenters today. And for those of you unable to stay, there's also, ooh, there's not, but there will be a, uh, a little piece of paper that you can jot down your interest, your name and your, your email address, if you're interested in following up a little casual roundtable discussion on London or design, we'll be happy to uh, schedule that with another dual poll and so forth. Um, that being said, you guys are free to go. Catch me at the front desk with a little sign-in, sign-up sheet if you're interested. You can't stay today. Otherwise, you can't stay today. Otherwise, you can't stay today.